You are listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. To Faithful Men is a project that started in 2006 to digitize and preserve old sermon and study tapes of Elder Wally Flanagan, Elder Hassel Wallace, and Elder Mike Strevel. They were pastors and teachers, and they studied to teach and train up others to continue in the ways of truth. I am thankful to be able to provide you with these sermons and studies, and I hope they will be a blessing to you. Sharpen our appetite to know and feed our souls as we yield to your word, that we might grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to understand the kingdom, its greatness, and help us to know it's the center of attraction in your Bible. Help us, Lord, to be appreciative of the fact that you have placed us in it by your grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray, and amen. All right, the first thing now, uh, let's listen to this statement again. You just have to listen to this statement. Dear child of God, the kingdom of God may for long seasons appear insignificant, yet be sure it is a reality. That is, in destined to visually dominate the world, God indeed will someday rule over all. Now you'd ask yourself this question here in relation to that. That's just that's just up to you now. I know what I've read is so. I know the scripture backs it up. If you take the kingdom of God out of the Bible, you absolutely leave it empty. So you just have to ask yourself. I mean, you ask yourself that question, I'm going to read that statement again, and you just relate it to your own life. <clears throat> Dear child of God, the kingdom of God may for long seasons appear insignificant, yet be sure it is a reality that is destined to vigilantly dominate the world. God indeed will someday rule over all. If you believe that, you'll, you'll make it. I want to say this and pass on in conversation sometime with people. You can tell they absolutely do not know how to apply the Word of God to their life. They go to church, they stagger along, and they think they know everything, but they are absolutely destitute of the fact of knowing how to apply the Word of God to their life. They make up their own thing, they tell about going to church, but right in the midst of it, and they are, they're saying God is alive, but living as though he's dead. Just that I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to break into that. But it's a terrible thing. Now, uh, anyone that's in this congregation that goes through life struggling down and out, I wouldn't face too much in that. Uh, you know, there's a way for me to say that with my lips and live as though it's alive. So it's not just... That's what Paul said. We studied that when we went through Acts. Acts 27, 25. The angel come and give a message, and Paul said, and I believe God. It's going to be just exactly like he said. Well, now God ain't going to send us no angels in all probability, but he inspired some men a long time ago to put the message in here. Now, when Paul covered the field when he said, for I believe God, it just wasn't when the angel come, but we know by his life that whatever God said, he is ready to act. Well, that's a great power for anyone to know how to apply it to life. No, no one graduates 
But it's, it's wonderful just to ask my own self. How great a believer am I? Okay, the, the study sheet that, uh, that I handed out this morning, I want to read through that and then finish up the page on page two of the uh, study sheet that I handed out last Sunday. Today is seeking to know the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and as I read this, well, what my thought in that statement will develop. Seeking to know the kingdom of God. Number one, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is the rule of God. Number two, the kingdom of God is God's reign, God's rule, God's authority, God's sovereignty. Number three, the kingdom of God is the redemptive work of God, active in history for the defeat of his enemies, bringing to his people the blessings of the divine rule. Any time that you hear me make the expression, the divine rule, why you can, the, the thing that should flood your mind is that that's the kingdom of God. Any time that you hear me make a statement about the kingdom of God, you may know that the basic thought is the rule of God. But out of that develops much, much more thinking. And you never get to the place where you say, I've defined it, and no more can be said. You don't get to that place, but you get to places where it grows bigger and bigger, and uh, statements can be added to your thinking. And this is what this is here. We start out here with the rule of God, and it develops into the reign, rule, authority, and the sovereignty. And then it develops into the, the redemptive work of God. When, when I say active in history, I'm talking about uh, in uh, Luke chapter 2 where Jesus Christ was born in a stable. That's, that's God. God is before history. God is above history. And God is beyond history. But God broke into history in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ to perform that decisive act for the redemption of his people. That's all about the kingdom of God. So we develop here, and then, then the number four is that the kingdom of God is the divine redemptive rule of God manifested in Christ. Now that's not all that can be said about the kingdom of God. That's not saying I've got it in a nutshell and can have it defined, but it is saying I know what it is. And it's not the church either. I note, under uh, that says note, based upon the above statement, we may say that the kingdom of God is the divine, unfathomable, unalterable decisions of God active in history through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, when I talk about the kingdom of God, I'm getting it down pretty close when I can say it's the, it's, it is the unchangeable, unalterable, unfathomable decision of God. When you, when, you, when you get the rule of God and the decisions of God springing from the rule of God, you're getting it down pretty close. The work of the kingdom is nothing more than the will of God in action. I tell you that ought to do something for anybody that's born again. It's the most distressing, unwelcome thinking on earth to a person that's not born again. 
because he can't see it. You don't know what you're talking about. And it's some kind of a weird thinking to him. So that ought to let us know whether we're born again or not today. All right, number two. We're seeking to know the kingdom of God. Number two, the kingdom of God is at hand. We studied that in the first lesson. Matthew 3, 2, Mark 1, 14, 15, Matthew 10, 5 through 7. All of these verses end up saying that the kingdom of God is at hand. And right on that says, what truth is conveyed by this statement? What am I going to teach you? What truth am I going to teach you uh, that comes out of that statement that Jesus made and John made it? For well, the kingdom of God is at hand. Okay, here's what, what I'm going to say. I don't know that. The kingdom of God is at hand means that God's reign and his rule and his authority and his sovereignty is upon the earth in bodily form. That's awful important. You ought to underline that. In bodily form, in the person of Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, why did I want to say it that way for it's simply because that the rule of God has always been in the earth. But it has not always been in the person of Jesus Christ the Lord on earth. You follow me in that? Now, if you don't, I want you to say something. Or I can go through that again. If I just look at that and I'm not thinking, I say, well, they must be appeared in there when God's kingdom wasn't active. There has never been a moment when the kingdom of God has not been active. But it was an awful long time before it become active in the bodily form in Jesus Christ upon this earth. So, when it says the kingdom of God is at hand, it means that this, uh, this great God, all that he is, his authority, his rule, his reign is now upon the earth in bodily form in the person of Jesus Christ the Lord. The kingdom of God is at hand. You understand that, Brother Robert? Does anybody don't understand that? I want you to believe that. Unwaveringly, I want you to believe that I've told you the truth that. <clears throat> Any questions? Christ said, I will give you another comforter. And that word another means one just exactly like I am. And the only difference there will be is you can't see this one. That's why the world will have nothing to do with him. But you know him. He's going to live with you. The kingdom of God is still at hand now, but it's in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is equal to Christ. Any question about that? But we're talking about here there's something special that this this uh, this special way of the kingdom coming uh, is something different than it's ever been before. But we can't say now, because that Christ went back to heaven, that the kingdom of God ceases to be active in history. But it's another step in a different way. But we... But see, the, the, the shoving off point is that it's come. How did it come? It's in a person now. Ever been that way before? No. 
But has it ever been acted before that? Yes. But now it's at hand in a special way. A decisive act is going to transpire in history. The death of Christ is a historical event. A divine mission from heaven working in history and it's now at hand. And what Nail has brought up is that we just see that. It's, and he went back, it's still active. It's bringing people into that room. Any questions? I believe it's awfully important here to see this or stagger along the rest of our life in mental gymnastics, sitting up all night, puddling around about what the kingdom of God is. <clears throat> Any questions? I want to read the statement again. The kingdom of God at hand means that God's reign and his rule and his authority and his sovereignty is upon the earth in bodily form in the person of Jesus Christ our Lord. Okay, let's read the note now that's under there. It is indeed a source of strength to know that God's kingdom is not of this age. Yet in Christ, the kingdom of God has come into history. God has done a new thing. He has visited his people in Jesus' mission, bringing to them the promised blessings of salvation. Indeed, the kingdom of God is of a higher order than of this world. John 18.36 says that. Christ says there that his kingdom is not of this world. Because he said, if it was off this world, my servants would fight to protect it. So we learn out of that not to condemn Christ's disciples when they went away. They did not specifically go away just because they're scared to death. He said, we're not going to fight for them. You go on, the scripture said it's you to go free. But I've been on the impression that they all got scared to death. But uh, Christ said here, didn't he? You read that, he'll, you'll see that he said that. My kingdom is not of this world, because if it was, my servants would fight for it. For the church is not to fight for it either. It's to live for the Lord in opposition to the world, but not to go through it scared to death. Okay, you read the verse, John 18.36. It's a higher order than this world. The kingdom of God is the outworking of the divine will. It is the act of God himself. It is related to God's people and can work in and through them. But at all times it remains the fixed and unchangeable, movable rule of God. Therefore, no evil spirit force, no political power, no counsel of men, nor military scheme can hinder the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is the will of God in action when you see it from that standpoint. It's doing its will in the armies of heaven and, and upon earth. It is, it is the outworking of the divine will. If you see me over here in about two weeks working around on this building, that will be the outworking of my will. It's not a divine will, but my natural will. I'm doing what I will to do. Well, when, God, when, when God's at work, that's the kingdom in action, the outworking of what God wills to do. 
Any questions about that? It's awfully important to know. Yep, uh, if y'all that come here regularly and that I thank so much of your faithfulness, if you're going to be a disciple, you're going to have to read what I'm handing out after you get home. And you're going to have to do a lot of meditating on it. If you meditate on this, you'll be saying exactly what I'm saying. I'm confident of that. I've been meditating on this sermon, on this subject for ten years, off and on, writing about it, talking about it, going back and reading about it. But I'm getting more out of it this time than I ever have before, and if I, if I try to keep on, I'll get more out of it. Nothing, nothing can hinder the kingdom of God. But things can hinder the church. Any question about that? Okay, let's look at number three. Well, Job 23.13 says uh, that he's in one mind. Who can change it? Whatever he desires to do, he does that. That's what Job 23.13 says. I made that note. Nothing can hinder. What, what God wills to do, he puts it into activity unhindered. Do you believe that? The Bible's just for that kind of information. I'll admit religion has denied it and, and weakened it down and trampled on it, but that won't change the truth. But one day it's really going to be manifested. And I'm in, I've been on schedule all the time. And you see now that it's all come to a great head. While people 2,000 years ago had waited for 2,000 years to give prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. The Messiah is coming. The arm of the Lord is going to appear. A virgin shall have a child. And everybody had heard that so long and that cast it aside, trampled on it, and lost sight of it. But one night there in the stable, it come. And Anna was ready for it. You I was. Now that's where the world is now. It's going to sleep. Ha ha ha. I preacher talked about the future. That God's going to come back. Oh, oh. But one day, out there somewhere, the heavens will light up with the glory of God just exactly like the Bible says it is. Now, will I believe God? Yes, ma'am. There's an awful lot of difference in being concerned and worried. Now, we're to be concerned about many things. But to have this uncontrollable worry is to say that God went to sleep. I believe he's up there, but he went to sleep on me, and I got to handle it myself. And a lot of churchgoers that's living that life. That's righteous, Joy. There is no evil spirit force, no political power, no counsel of men, or military scheme can hinder the kingdom of God. Thank you for listening to the To Faithful Men podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. Also, if this podcast has been a blessing to you, please share it with others and help our ratings by giving us five stars and writing a review within your podcast app. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also.